Well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, and and I hope you do, then uh, turn with me to Proverbs, the book of Proverbs. I've been recently going through Proverbs again. Uh, I have seasons in my life where I like to read through it, uh, a, a proverb a day, every day, throughout a year, and that that gets you through Proverbs 12 times in a year. And uh, there's just so much wisdom. And, and, and there's so much prophetic insight into the heart of God and what's available in God, amen, in, in that covenant that he has made with us. And so we're going to look at Proverbs 3. And we're going to talk about wisdom this morning, or specifically a wise man. Amen. The Bible says in James, right, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who give liberally. Amen. He'll give liberally and upbraid not. You know God's got plenty of wisdom to go around. Amen. He doesn't, he, he's not a limited resource. God is, is more than enough. He's always sufficient for all things. And when we ask for wisdom, I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, like when Paul compares in Corinthians the worldly wisdom and, and spiritual wisdom. The context today is, is spiritual wisdom and understanding, the importance of it and the benefit of it, amen? And it's available in God. So in Proverbs 3, beginning in verse 13, let's begin together. It says, happy is the man who finds wisdom, amen? That's a good start right there, amen? You need to be happy. What's that saying that was going around there for a while? Don't worry, be happy. How many of you know that's easier said than done? But this is the, this is the source of true happiness and true, true joy right here. It's not mind over matter. I'm, I'm going to determine not to worry and I'm going to choose to be happy. That's not that. This is encountering God in the power of his wisdom that revolutionizes our perspective and changes how we view things. Amen? He said, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. This is talking about mankind, too. Not not just talking about men. I want you women to know that. Women can have wisdom. Amen? My wife has a lot more wisdom than I do, especially in some areas. I always defer to her in those matters. Amen? And husbands, that's a good thing to learn, by the way. You know, when you get, I'm going to divert just a little bit. When you, when you get married, you know, you become one. Th- that means you make up the whole. What, what tends to happen when people get married is because, you know, you've heard of uh, the love and respect. Uh, uh, what's his name now? I, I'm, Emerson. Yeah, Emerson. He talks about blue and pink. Guys speak in blue, women in pink, and you understand the same way. You've got to learn how to cross over in that language. But what tends to happen when people get married is those differences can draw, drive wedges. Because you really don't understand how each other's thinking, and, and each one is really trying to help. They're good-willed people trying to help seeing from their perspective. Amen? But if you understand the heart of God, it's like his relationship with Christ and his church. Amen? It's a oneness. It's a completeness. And the the gifts that you each bring to the table are valuable. They're not to drive you apart. Amen? They're to make you a stronger unit. Now, that's wisdom. That isn't what we're going to talk about this morning, but it's wisdom, nevertheless. Amen? It's in the word of God. I can give you the scriptures for it. 
All right, he says in verse uh, 14, for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. he's, He's giving us a reference point of the value of wisdom. It supersedes silver, it supersedes gold. In fact, if you've got wisdom, then you won't have to worry about these other things. Amen? Seek first the kingdom. He's talking about a kingdom reality and a kingdom dynamic tapping into the heart of God and the mind of God and the wisdom of God. Her proceeds are better better than the profits of silver and, and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. This is elevating wisdom to a pretty high standard. Amen? Now, God is wisdom. There's a a psalm where Jesus is declared wisdom throughout that psalm. Now, he says, listen, she's more precious than rubies, and all the things that you may desire, that's all things that you may desire can't compare. Anything that you could desire in the natural cannot compare to the wisdom of God, spiritual wisdom that God gives us. Listen to the benefits. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand, riches and honor. How many of you want to live longer? (laughs) I mean, the older I get, the more I claim this stuff. Amen? Length of days, I start decreeing these things over my life. Amen. God, fill me with your wisdom. Fill me with your understanding and your knowledge. It says, length of days in her right hand, and in her left hand, riches and honor. And the riches that he's talking about here is not just finances. He's already declared that it's more valuable than anything you can collect, anything that you could wish for, anything you could want. He's not talking about, he's talking about the riches that are available in the character and the nature of God, the riches of his grace, the riches of his mercy, the riches of his power, his authority, the riches of his love, amen, the the riches of his goodness. And, and, and finances play a part in there, but this, it's not limited to that. When we see the word riches or prosperity, a lot of times the natural mind kicks in and takes over, and we lose sight of the picture, the, the magnitude of what God is really trying to impart. Amen? So here he says, length of days in her right hand, left hand riches and honor, her ways Her ways are the ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. You know, wisdom can bring you peace. It doesn't say that everything necessarily is good, is going good, but if you've got wisdom, the way that you process it and interpret it and and the way it affects you is different. Verse 18. She is a tree of life. Everybody say tree of life. You remember any other reference to a tree of life? Amen? Genesis. Do you know, they told, he told Adam and Eve, you cannot partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He didn't tell them not to partake of the tree of life. Amen? We tend, to, we tend to relegate them away from both of them, but I actually think they probably partook of the tree of life on a regular basis, and that was part of the, the very thing that sustained their life. That tree, of li- that tree of life is prophetic of the nature and the character of God, of God himself. Amen? And he says, 
She is a tree of life. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. In other words, it's one thing to get a grip. It's another thing to keep. It's one thing to encounter something. It's another thing for it to bring transformation and take up residence in our heart and our life and be able to give expression through our hearts. Amen? It's the difference between religion and form and the life of God being manifest in a life. You're looking at me funny. Let me, let me say it this way. The Pharisees, they, they memorized the first five books of the Bible. You couldn't be a Pharisee unless you did. First five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, they could tell you word for word. But, but in the book of Acts, the, the irony here, it says, they that dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers who teach and preach every day in their synagogues have fulfilled the very things that they taught and they preached by crucifying him. They knew the word of God, but they didn't know the word of God. Amen? The word that became flesh and dwelt among them. They didn't recognize him. They couldn't perceive him. They didn't have the wisdom. They didn't have the eyes to see or the ears to hear. Wisdom will give you those eyes. Jesus said this, he quoted, I, I believe it was the, the prophet Isaiah, he said, having eyes they see not, having ears they hear not. That was the purpose of parables, you know. Jesus said, these parables have been given that you might know the things of the kingdom and others might not. It depends on the condition of the heart, parable of the sword, depends on our, our position before God or whether we, we receive or whether we don't from the same parable. We're actually going to be looking at some of the teaching of Jesus along those lines in just a little bit. It says, her ways are the ways of pleasantness, pleasantness and all her paths of peace. She is a tree of life who take hold of her and happy are all those who retain her. She's a tree of life. She's our, she's, the, the, the wisdom is a way that we can engage God, the tree of life, amen, and receive a, a constant flow and supply of that life. Now, verse 19, listen to this. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. How? By wisdom. Now, wait a minute. Hebrews, Hebrews says the worlds were created through faith as God spoke. Amen? But the Lord, says the Lord in verse 19, uh, by wisdom formed the earth. Which was it? By faith in the spoken word or by wisdom? Yes. The spoken word of God is always filled with wisdom. Amen. The, the wisdom of God is in the word of God. And the spoken word of God is what releases, releases and activates faith. You're going to see a tight relationship between wisdom, the word, and faith. Amen. They go hand in hand. And that's why it's so port, important. The, the, the writer of Proverbs here said, listen, you, you, you got to have that wisdom. It, 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 it's the source of life. And then he, he turns the corner. He says, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. 
The word of God, the wisdom of God, amen, the word of God is created by nature. God spoke and it was, amen? Let there be light, and there was light. All the universe came together by the spoken word as God spoke, and God's wisdom was a part of that word that was speaking. Wisdom is manifest in the creation that you see around us. The word was spoken, the wisdom of God was put on display above anything that anybody could ever wrap their minds around. Amen? It says, the Lord by wisdom formed the earth, by understanding he established the heavens. Do you know God has wisdom, God has understanding? I'm being facetious, that's personified in his life, amen? Now listen to this, so we've got wisdom, we've got understanding, and by his knowledge the depths were broken up. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge. And clouds dropped down their dew. Amen. The wisdom, understanding, and knowledge of God contain his word. They they contain his word. They're conduits of his word. And his word is is a conduit to wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Amen. Now, he says, my son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Some good benefits here of wisdom. It says, then you will walk safely in your way and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you'll not be afraid. Anybody ever had night terrors? Amen? It's a real problem with some people. They have night terrors. Amen? Here's one way you overcome them. Begin to press in and ask God to fill you with his wisdom. When you lay down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Amen. I decree that over my life all the time. Amen. Unfortunately, it's happened when I've been driving a couple times. That wasn't so good. Amen. You want to be laying down when you make this decree over your life that you're... that your, life, your sleep will be sweet. Praise God. It says, Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor trouble from the wicked when it comes. Now, now, I want us to notice something that I'm sure you have on your refrigerator at home. You, you know how you put your favorite verses and things on your refrigerator. It says, Do not be afraid of sudden terror. That's good. Nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes, not if it comes. You got that on your fridge? When terror and wicked come. I don't blame you. I I don't have it on mine either. But it says, listen, he says, you don't have to be afraid of sudden terror nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. It's coming. It's here. If you haven't noticed yet, you, you want to get rid of a lot of it, turn off, turn off the TV, mainstream media, amen, you'll get rid of most everything that would cause night terrors and fear in your life. That, that, that's, that, if they were to write more Proverbs, <laughs> I could make some suggestions to the Holy Spirit as he's penning new Proverbs about you know, in, in, in light of the culture that we have now. I'll just leave it at that. It says, 
For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. The Lord will be your confidence. You could have worse. Trust me. How many of you have ever put confidence in anything else and had to run to the Lord because the confidence was misplaced? Amen? He says, then... For the Lord will be your confidence. In other words, as we embrace wisdom, as we embrace the, the, the word of the Lord in our lives, the, the, the word that contains the wisdom, amen, as we, as we embrace that, the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Now, Proverbs 24, 3. Proverbs chapter, we're going to look at a couple verses here. You remember in Proverbs 3, it said, The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. Now, we're going to bring this a little bit closer to home. Proverbs 24, 3. Through wisdom, a house is built. And by understanding, it's established. And by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and uh, pleasant riches. How is the house built? Through wisdom. Amen? How did God create the earth? Through wisdom. He established it. He established the the foundations through understanding. And by knowledge, amen, the depths were, were broken up. Amen? Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge in the heart of God being released in creation as we see it, as we know it. Amen? Is manifested around us. And now he says that same principle is released to those who want to build a house. You know, God's building a house. He's, it's called a kingdom. Amen? The, 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 who's, we are the house of God. We are the place where God wants to dwell. Amen? How is it built? The same way. Amen? He says, through, through wisdom the house is built. By understanding is it established. And by knowledge all the rooms are filled with pleasant and precious riches. Amen. Sounds a lot like God operating, doesn't it? Amen. This, this, is, this is something that I like to teach in premarital counseling. As, we, as, as people begin to, to establish their home, let it be built through wisdom, the wisdom of God, through understanding and through knowledge. Through wisdom, the house is built by understanding it's established. Get the idea of it's immovable. Amen? By knowledge, all the rooms. In other words, every aspect of that relationship, every aspect of that home. Amen? The innermost resources of the closets in that home. Amen? Every room, every square inch will be filled with precious and pleasant riches. Amen? That's the aspect of God's nature and character in that home, in that family being released. Now, Jesus taught a similar thing. We're going to jump to the New Testament now in Matthew uh, chapter, what is it? Matthew chapter 7. Now you remember the Sermon on the Mount, probably the greatest sermon that's ever been preached and declared and decreed, amen? It's, it's really where where Jesus began to clearly lay out what kingdom living looks like. 
It's, it's when he began his ministry and he went up into a mountain and he began to decree and he began to lay out. He goes, you're not going to treat life the way that you've always treated life. My kingdom is different than the kingdom you're used to. My kingdom is far superior and the life that I'm offering you is far superior than any other kingdom. And so in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7, we're going to do them all this morning. No, I'm just kidding. All right, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you've got this Sermon on the Mount where Jesus went up into the mountain and he began to teach and began to impart kingdom reality and kingdom truth to his disciples, those that were with him. Okay? There, we see things like the Beatitudes, the beginning of chapter 5. He talks about believers be, that, that are the salt and the light and what that means. He gives kingdom revelation on that. Amen? About Christ fulfilling the law. He talks in that sermon about issues of the heart, like murder and adultery, start in the heart before they ever manifest in life. Okay? In other words, the heart. God's getting to the heart of the issue. He's transcending the law of, of, of works. And he's saying, listen, God's concerned about the heart. Issues of the heart. Marriage is sacred and binding. Jesus deals with that in, 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 on that sermon. Jesus forbids oaths. Amen, amen. Let your yeas be yea and your no be no. He forbids oaths. He talks about going the second mile, not living life in the light of what can we get out of it, but how can we serve and how can we go the second mile for others. He talks about everybody's favorite, loving our enemies. Amen? Anybody need a little work in that area? Amen. He talks about, he talks about listen, in, in the kingdom, it's different than in the world. Bless those that curse you. Love your enemies. Do good to those who despitefully use you. Then you'll be children of your Father in heaven. This is all in that sermon. Can you imagine going to that service? I mean, thousands, of, millions and millions of messages are preached on each one of these points ever since Jesus set this in motion. All good and charitable deeds are to please God, not men. Our giving isn't about what we get. It's about to pleasing God. He gives us the model for prayer. Remember, they came to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. He gives us the model for prayer on that sermon. Fasting is a lifestyle before God in secret, not as some religious show for the approval of man. He talks about the right context and, and the right attitude and atmosphere for fasting and praying. He talks about laying up our treasures in heaven, not here on the earth. Uh, there's a shift in our priorities, amen, with, with kingdom reality in our lives. He talks about the lamp of the body is the eye, and we got to be careful what we receive, what we look at, what we, what we comprehend, what, what we give our attention to. He says, you can't serve two masters, God and mammon. Do you know how many gods there are in the world? Millions. There's literally millions of gods in the world that are worshipped. Notice he only picks one. And there's a spirit of mammon, by the way. I don't know if you've ever studied this out. But if you study this out in the Greek, mammon, it's spiritually energized by Satan. Its, it's design is to pull you away from God. That's why Jesus said this, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. 
See, giving is, it, it's, it, it, it's, not, it's not some formula. It's not something that we do uh, because we're afraid God will hit us with lightning if we don't or anything like that. No, it's, it's unto life. It's, it has a purpose. Amen? There's, there's things, there's kingdom reality that's released. As God sees, I mean more to them than the things that I've provided for them. They're not after me. They're not serving me just so that they can get things from me or just so that, that they can have the best of everything that, that I have access to. They're serving me because they love me, because they care about me, because they, they, they want my heart. They care about what I care about. They, they, they want what I want. Amen? So he talks about laying up treasures in heaven. Talking about not being able to serve two masters, God and mammon. Out of all the millions of gods, he only picks one. He knows in every caste, every culture, every society, there's this battle. Amen. If you live in a place and you've got a dirt floor, you want a wood floor. Mark was telling me, going to India, the things, he goes, they battle the same things. Things we take for granted. And they, and they battle over those same things. Amen. G- getting the priorities right. Can't serve two masters. Talks about don't worrying. Amen. Don't worry. Be anxious for nothing. Praise God. How many of you got that one down? Just be anxious for nothing. Don't worry. Be anxious for nothing. Talks about not judging. Oh, we really got that one down, don't we? Can you imagine being in this message, getting this all at once? I'm not even talking much about any of these. He gives a detailed description of what this looks like in those three chapters. He says, listen, don't worry, don't be anxious, don't judge. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Keep pressing into me and you you, you ask, you're going to receive. You seek, you're going to find. You knock, it's going to be open to you. He talks about entering in the narrow way of the kingdom. Broad is the way. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way. Amen. Narrow is the way that leads to life. Narrow is the gate. It leads to life. He, he, he talks about that. This is, this is a kingdom look at a life in God of what God is looking for in and through our lives. Amen. Now, at the end of all that, this is what we're going to close with. We're going to look at this morning. In Matthew 7, in verse 21, we're going to pick pick up here on the last two things that he taught in this amazing sermon. What was the final things that he said? Based on all the kingdom truth, kingdom revelation and impartation that he had poured out throughout this message on the mount, throughout this sermon on the mount. Amen? And this is how he sums it up. Matthew 7 and verse 21. And not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Now this is interesting. Not everyone, in other words, he's saying all these things that you've heard, all these things that you've been taught, the things that have been imparted to you today, that 
that they've got to have influence in your life. They've got to be incorporated in your life. You've got to receive them until they become a part of you. Not here. Not just here. But it gets down that foot and a half to here so that it gets down to shoe leather and is walked out. Amen? He says, listen, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who what? Does the will of my Father in heaven. In other words, obedience is a key, amen, to the blessings of the Lord. It's, it's, it's a key uh, to, to knowing and experiencing and encountering this kingdom reality. He says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And he says, and I will declare to them, I never, what? Knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness or iniquity. Now, I've heard this preached and talked about so many times. See, that just means that, that now... Uh, you know, the, the, what he's saying is those that prophesy, those that do signs and wonders, those that have miracles, see that, that that isn't really for today. Those things ended. No, that's not what he's saying. You don't even start until that's happening, what he's saying here. How many of you are being proficient in these things? You don't have to, you don't have to worry then. Amen. God's calling us to these realms. And many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? He said, I'll declare I never knew you. The, in, the, 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 uh, the point here is there was no relationship in that. The motives were wrong. The heart was wrong. There was no transformation in their life. They could be living any way they want. The gifts and callings of God, these are gifts and callings of God. They're without repentance. Amen? Yes, they're essential. Yes, we need them. We should become proficient in them. We should use them right. But don't think that in and of itself is the affirmation of heaven saying you're all right in the kingdom. Amen? What he's saying is, I never knew you. These things did not flow from intimacy, didn't flow from relationship. They, they, flew, they, they, they flowed through giftings or things that you were taught and you began to tap into, but they never really got in you and transformed your life. Okay? So we're seeing here the key is, he who does the will of my Father. And down in verse 23... And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. In other words, the, 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 the very things that were meant to be good, because the heart wasn't right, and because the life wasn't right, it was really iniquity or lawlessness. That's sin, by the way. Lawlessness is sin. In verse 24, therefore, now this is based on everything he said in the Sermon of the Mount. It's based on everything he just said about, listen, I'm, I'm giving you a warning as I wrap up this message. Don't think because you've got a little touch here and a little touch there that you're out of the woods. You need to know me. I need to know you. We need to have an intimate relationship. Amen. We need to, we need to travel together. We need to walk together. We need to abide in each other. Amen. And he says, listen, he says, therefore, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, 
I will liken him to a wise man who built what? His house on the rock. We got a building program going. And notice what he says. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Amen. He who does the will of the Father. Hears these sayings of mine and does them. I'll liken him to a what? Wise man. What's a wise man have? Wisdom. Amen. By wisdom a house is built. By understanding it's established. By knowledge all the rooms are filled with pleasant and precious riches. Jesus is teaching. Amen. On that principle in Proverbs right here. He said, listen. Every, uh, he, he, not everybody that says is. In Revelation, you can read that about the Laodicean church. Because thou sayest thou art rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And you don't know. You're blind, miserable, poor, and naked. Saying and possessing are two different things. Amen? If we're going to have a confession or a testimony, better match up of what's on board. And so he says, therefore, based on everything I've said up to this point, on the Sermon on the Mount, everything that I've decreed to you, he says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. That word rock is the Greek word Petra. Do you remember when Peter was, uh, Peter and the disciples with Jesus, and Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus immediately turned to him and he said, Peter, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. This is a revelation that you got directly from the Father. And by the way, you're right. Amen. I am the Christ. I am the Son of the living God. Amen. And, Peter, and, and Jesus looked at Peter. He said, upon this rock. Now, Peter's name, uh, it, it, it means small stone. Kind of like a pebble. Amen. Peter, he, he, that, that, his name was, was, was changed to that from Cephas to Peter. And he said, but upon this rock, he's using a different rock here. He said, upon this rock, it's a massive rock. It's a huge rock. And he said to Peter, little stone, this, it, that revelation that you have is going to be the massive rock, the massive revelation, the, the, the knowing of who I am. That's what I'm going to build my church on, the revelation of who I am. Through that relationship, through that intimacy with God. Amen? So this is what he's saying here. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock, the rock Christ Jesus. The revelation of who he is. Verse 25. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. Did that house built on the rock avoid the storms? When wickedness comes. <laughs> Amen? I, I know this doesn't give you a warm, fuzzy feeling, but we got to be ready. We, we can't just think that Christianity is just que sera, sera, floating from mountaintop to mountaintop with no challenges. No, it's your faith that will get you through those challenges that will grow you up, that will grow me up and conform us to the image of Christ where we're moving in the glory and the power of God bringing others in. Where it's not about us, it's about Him. Amen? 
when the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, it did not fall. Why? For it was founded on the rock. It was in Christ. He's talking about the life, the marriage, the family, the church. <laughs> Amen. We can expand this out. Anything that, that's trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, anything where, where his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding, his authority is the one that we look to. If our lives are built upon it, if your marriages, if your relationships, if your families are built upon the rock, you will get wind, you will get waves, you will get turmoil. The enemy will try to destroy that house. It will happen. You don't have to have a word of knowledge. You don't have to have prophetic anointing to know that. Just live 20 minutes. Amen? But here's the promise of God. Here's the heart of God. Amen? He said, but that house did not fall. That marriage did not crumble. That relationship was not blown apart. Amen. The things that you were believing for, the things that you were standing for, the things that you were looking to God for survived because it was built upon the rock. It was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, so what's the key? Obedience. Amen. You remember the first one? He who hears these sayings of mine and does them. It says, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine. So we're talking about hearing, but not hearing now. The first time, we were talking about hearing, and they really heard. It was established on the rock. Okay? Here, we're talking about a different, different type of hearing. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine. Now, so, so you've got the sayings of the same. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 was the same. There were more than one kind of person represented there. All right? The difference isn't what was spoken. The difference wasn't what was available. The, what, the difference wasn't what was available to be imparted and to, become, to, be, to, to, to come on board in a life and transform a life. The difference was how they were hearing. And how they heard, heard determined whether they were obedient. You're looking at me funny again. Amen? I thought that was a good point, Pastor Gary. Amen. <laughs> hearing, hearing makes how we hear, it, it, it makes all the difference in the world on how we receive. I'm trying to think of another way to say it, but I'm not real good at that. So we're going to trust the Lord to make this real to you. All right? Speak in the language that you understand this morning. It says, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The difference is what the house was built on. The difference on where they built their house was how they heard. What they could see, what they could perceive. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house. Same storms. Rains on the just and the unjust. I'm sorry, but it does. Amen? Bad things happen to good people. We live in a fallen world, and, and, and the fruit of that sometimes isn't fun. 
God doesn't promise that we won't go through things. God promises if we, put our, if we build our house on the rock, we'll never go through it alone. And I will use everything that you go through and everything that you encounter in your life. He said, I will work it together for good. If you love me and you put your trust in me, I'll work it together for good and you will benefit from it instead of crumble under it. When the rains descended, the floods came and the winds blew, it beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall. I've seen it. I've seen it this week. Family that used to attend this church. I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's real. Your house will get bombarded. You will have opportunities to walk away. You'll have opportunities to say it's not worth it. It's important to have ears to hear what the Spirit's saying and eyes to perceive the nature and character of God and the purpose and the destiny and the design that God has for you. Amen. And not be wa- not waver from it. Believers and unbelievers get the same storms. People that hear, people that don't hear get the same storms. People that see, people that don't see get the same storms. It's whether it makes you better or bitter. Better or more more Christ-like or steals and robs your hope and leaves you discouraged and frustrated kind of like the the man who was on his way to Jericho and got beaten and they stole and robbed him of everything that he had. You know, how we wind up makes a big difference on the wisdom of where we build our house. And so it was when Jesus had entered these sayings. That's how he ended it, right on a high note. He wasn't like other preachers. In fact, that's what it says. And it was so that when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished at his teaching. They'd never heard anything like this. They were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Amen. Can you imagine being the scribes? They, they were astounded. Those that had heard this, those that had encountered him in this message, they were astounded at the authority. He spoke with such clarity and authority that the problem of not hearing would never be Jesus' fault. Mark 4, I'm going to close with this, this verse here, 25. I think this is my second closing. I think you get three. <laughs> I heard preachers are supposed to get three closings. This is two. All right, I still got one more. No, I'm going to really try to do it right here, okay? Mark chapter 4. I, I, I was going to leave it off, but I, I got to do it. I'm, I am going to skip a couple verses. 
And I'm going to jump down to verse 25. Jesus is teaching. And he says to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure that you use it, it will be measured to you. And you who hear, more will be given. The scripture says the secret things belong to the Lord. The things that are revealed belong to us. Does that make sense? The secret things, the mysteries belong to the Lord. The things that are revealed belong to us. I believe God keeps things, mysteries and secrets until they're ready to be revealed and then the ball falls in our court to be hungry for it, to be thirsty for it and to ask, to seek, to knock, to, to chase it down. God hides things, to, I believe, to intensify hunger and thirst so that we'll really press in and get them to the point that they revolutionize and change our life. You ever gone a long time without eating? You don't, you don't have to really have anybody convince you that you're hungry and you want to eat. Amen? But sometimes when truth, when you know, have you ever been reading the Bible and you say, I know there's more here. I, I know there's more there for me. I'm not quite seeing it yet. I, I don't quite know what that means. I, I, but, but I know that God show me. God grant unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in this, in this knowledge. When Paul prays for the church at Ephesus, he says, Lord, I pray that you give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The revelation is the hearing ears. The revelation is the seeing eyes. Amen. And then he says, listen, once you've heard, you can, you can hear and you can see and still not hear and still not see. Jesus said, having eyes to see, they don't see. Having ears to hear, they don't hear. Lest they should be converted and they should be healed. And so those same parables that included people in the kingdom reality excluded people because they really wasn't listening. Amen? They didn't have the hunger for it. They didn't have the thirst for it. They didn't have the desire for it. And so he's saying now, at the end of, at the end of this in, in Mark, he says, take heed what you hear with the same measure that you use it. Remember, it was obedience that was the key that gave wisdom to build the house on the rock. A wise man built his house on the rock. He that hears these sayings of mine and does it. Is like a wise man who built his house on the rock, okay? It was obedience. So he says, be careful what you hear. The, the measure that you use what you hear, it will be measured to you, and you will hear more, and more will be given. Amen? It's, it's, it's a kingdom principle. Amen? You want more in God? You want more giftings, more enablings, more authority, more power, more love, more grace, more mercy? All those things that flow from God, make sure you use what you got. Amen? As we sow what we have, more is given. It, it's almost like you can obey your way into more faith. <laughs> One of the hardest things when God speaks is to act on what he speaks, which is a faith issue. But let me, let me turn that around a little bit. If you know God speaks and you obey, you might not understand it, you might not know the outcome, you might be doing it in fear and trembling. 
Say, I know God said this, and I'm going to obey. And you stop moving in that direction. Amen. I wonder if faith doesn't come. Just saying. Something to think about. Amen. Don't, don't wait for God to lay it all out for you. When God speaks to you, start acting. He says, be careful what you hear. In other words, what we do with what we hear. Be careful what you hear. With the same measure that we use it. If you gave somebody a gift and you know they stuck it in a closet and never used it, would you want to get them anything else? We're created in his image. Amen. I wonder if God feels the same way. Be careful what you hear. The measure you use it, more will be given. Amen. The way, to, the way to more is stewarding what we have. Make sense? The way to more is stewarding what we have. It will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Well, that's not fair. I remember the first time I read that, I go, well, that just isn't fair. You know what? It doesn't matter. It's God. <laughs> Do you understand that? I don't have a clue. <laughs> what, 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 why would a loving God say this? I don't have a clue. But this is true. Whatever he has, to him more will be given. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. That's going back, digging into that closet and taking your gift back. <laughs> does that make sense? I'm not saying to do that. I'm just... Amen. God quit there, I'm going to quit there. <laughs> Praise God. I do know that God wants to bring us, he's bringing us into new levels of intimacy and faith with him. And, and, and stewarding what he deposits is wisdom. And, and building our house, founding it, amen, our, our, our belief system, our relationships, everything that we are, on, on, on that massive rock, that type that is really Christ Jesus is the way to victory. Amen? Before we close in prayer, I'm just going to leave you with this. You've heard some stuff this morning. Amen? I think you have. Some of us probably heard some of us probably heard. Amen? Be careful what you hear. Some of you are saying, when is this podcast playing again? I'm going to listen to this again. <laughs> That's not what I mean. God wants to bless. 
God, God wants to deposit what you've heard this morning into your life so that it becomes a living reality and an expression of his heart to others around you. Amen? Let's stand together this morning. I'm going to ask Pastor Pete slash Bible teacher, science teacher, worship leader, camera and media guy to come down and close in worship. Amen. These are just a few of the hats that he wears. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now, any of you this morning, if God's challenged you, or maybe you've seen things in a little different perspective of what you had seen before concerning about, see, there's a difference between going through religious motions and encountering God. Amen. You know, God has so much available for you this morning. He, he has, his, man, his storehouses are full. And he wants to establish your life on him. And he wants to flow into you those things that you need to carry out your destiny, your purpose. Doesn't matter how old, doesn't matter how young. Amen. God's still on the throne. And God desires that intimate relationship with you personally. And he'll guide you and lead you through the storms of life. Amen. And when they come, when wickedness comes, when terror comes, you'll still be standing. Your sleep will be sweet. Amen. Amen. If that's what you want this morning, lift your hands and hearts towards heaven. I want to just pray for you. Father, we just come to you this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, if we're honest, Lord, I believe if we're honest this morning, we all need to be better listeners. We need to have better ears to hear. God, we've been blessed with so much that many times we take what you've deposited in our lives and the things that you've done for us and the giftings and enablings and the truth that you've deposited, God, we take it for granted. But God, we're purposing this morning, we want to be careful how we hear. God, we want to avail ourselves and, and, and God, be good stewards of that what you're speaking to our heart. Lord Jesus, you said that one day the works that you do, did, we would do and greater works because you went to the Father. And God, you said you only did what you saw the Father do. You only spoke what you heard the Father speak. God, we want to know you that intimately, where we know your heart, where we, where we hear what you're speaking, where we see what you're doing. And God, we give ourselves to it. God, we steward it, God, and we use it, and we sow it, Lord God. And God, we invest so that we increase our capacity for more of you. God, I pray for each one that's here today to have eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray like Paul for the, as he prayed for the church at Ephesus, God, that you would grant unto each one of us here the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the full knowledge of Jesus Christ. That you would open the eyes of our understanding that they might be enlightened. God, that we might know what is the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. 
God, that we would know and walk in the reality of the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe. That same power that you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him far above all principalities, powers, might, and dominion. God, you gave him to be the head over all things, even the church. God, we surrender to your headship. We surrender to your lordship. And God, we're asking that you would elevate us, God, to new levels of faith and intimacy with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.